This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is At The Turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of At The Turn. We have some good stuff today. Dogs on the golf course? British Open preview? The most insufferable golf sayings. Before we get to any of that, Nick. You know what? I always do this part. Take it away. Oh, T-Box Coffee? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> Rate and review the podcast. Oh, my God. Folks have the opportunity. Tell them about it, Nick. Come on. You got it, baby. Well, in case you don't know, we are doing a British Open champion giveaway. Yes. Leave your winner in the of the British Open in a review on Apple Podcasts. Just, just give us the name, who you think is going to win. Give us a five-star review. If you are right, Piper Golf will send you a free sampler pack of their golf balls. And believe me, that is something that you want. Piper Golf makes a golf ball for everybody, whether you're a beginner, mid-handicapper, low-handicapper, scratch player, whether you're trying to win the Portland Dudes Match Play Championship, whatever it is, they have a ball for you. You get to try all of them. Just rate and review at the turn. Five stars. Leave your British Open winner. Make sure you're right, and those balls will be yours. Cutoff is Wednesday. If you can't wait, go to Piper.Golf. Use that promo code TURN10 at checkout. All right, Nick, we're going back into the Golf Digest digital vault. We tried this before where I told you and Romy a bunch of office golf jokes. You guys wanted to leave the chat and the conversation. We're trying it again. This is the most insufferable golf sayings. Now, personally, this hurt my feelings because I think I say all of these. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I did take a peek at these and I shouldn't yeah. have. But um, I, there were some on the list that I thought would be on the list that weren't. But I read the list and I'm like, I must be the worst golf partner. And I, I immediately looked at the author and the published date to make sure I didn't like just play with this guy. And then he went home and wrote this article and published it to Golf Digest. And that wasn't the case. Here's the first one. Insufferable golf sayings. Hit him straight. Play well. I I have no problem with this. No problem. It's like saying what's up to somebody. What you don't really care what's up. It's just your greeting. Like you don't want to say, 
hey, go shoot 75 today. What if they've never broken 100? And like, well, I'm not going to do that. Like, who cares? Hit them straight. Play well. It's just a, it's just a greeting. Now, these next three are firmly in the Joe Simon's lexicon of making people feeling better. And also, I will never say these without a kernel of truth being in there somewhere. First one. That's not going to hurt you. Someone hits, miss hits it a little bit, but they missed on the proper side. That's not going to hurt you. Next one. It opens up over there. Yeah, it does. You know why I said that? Because it opens up over there. You missed it right. You got a beautiful angle in. Sounded good. Oh, struck well. Struck, struck well. Sounded great. Sounded really good. Are you offended by any of these? If I say these to you. None of them. First of all, the first two, golf is a game of misses, of making your misses yes. manageable. So that's that's great. Like, hey, if my bad shot isn't going to hurt me, that's great. You know, it opens up over there. That's phenomenal because I was aiming left. I hit it right, but I'm still going to be okay. That's great. Sounded good. Struck well. Guess what? People care how it feels and how it sounds coming off the club. Hey, I might have blasted it 40 yards left, but I made really good contact on the center of the ball. It felt good. It, hey, I got a lot going for him. I just need to straighten out that club face. No big deal. Now, that one I will say, buyer beware. If someone hits an OB and you say sounded good, <laughs> you're, you're just being a jerk. Like, if I hit one bad and I'm like, well, I struck it well, then if someone chimes in like, yeah, it sounded great. Perfect. Perfect usage of that. That one you got to be careful with. All right, let's keep going down this list here. This article is insufferable. <laughs> this one is crazy. Again, this is an insufferable golf saying. Good speed. What, what is wrong with saying good speed? I, I, I literally don't know. Um, speed, to me, is more important than line in putting. And... Uh, if you get it, if you get it right, it's it's a hard thing to do. First of all, if you've had two or three beers out there, getting the speed right is really, really tough to yes, do. It is. If you're if you're on a rotation of courses like Joe, I know you play like six or seven courses around Portland. That means you're six or seven different green complexes, different different grasses, different aeration schedules. Getting the speed right is tough, especially on the front nine. You get a couple beers in you for sure. There's absolutely you should be pat on the back for getting the speed down. Now, these three are lumped together, but I think I have – some of these are okay, some are not. Okay, here are the three. Had the line. If you hit it, you had it. Never up, never in. The first one is acceptable. The The second and the third, I don't like those. If you hit it, you had it. Never up, never in. Those are, those are dickish sayings. I don't like those. Had the yeah. line is fine. I, I'm not agreeing with you just to agree with you. Uh, I'm just agreeing with you because I think you're right. Um, I don't think I've ever said if you ha- if you hit it, you had it, or never up, never in. Yeah. Uh, I, I know somebody who probably does say that on a regular basis, but yeah. <laughs> and we're thinking of the same person. Um, had the line. That's great too. No problems there. Had the line is fine. Like you hit oh, a 20-foot putt. You a lot of these short. qualms are on, are on the green. Like I just think this person – who wrote this article um, has some really issues to work out from, from his putting. Yeah. And also I think you just need to find better people to play golf with at the end of the day. Here's the next one. 
At least you gave it a chance. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to hit. Okay. Pass me the ball. I'm going to ISO a little bit right now. Okay. Okay. When I hit a putt too hard that goes in the hole and someone, and maybe this is coming up, but when someone says something to the effect of good thing it hit the hole, guess what I was trying to do? I was trying to make the putt. You cannot make a putt that's left short. If you hit a putt too hard, it can go in because at least I gave it a chance. I cannot stand when people give a backhand a compliment when someone makes a shot because it was traveling at a speed more than they wanted it because they got it to the hole. If you make the shot, you succeeded in what you were trying. I don't care if it hits the flagstick, rattles around and goes in. At least you gave it a chance. That's all I'm trying to do is give it a chance. That's all I'm trying to do. Where do you stand on this one? Um, yeah, I mean, are this specific saying? Are you saying you don't like the saying? I'm saying this saying is fine. Okay. Yeah. Because this no. is this is what you say when someone misses a putt and they hit it too hard. Okay. Right. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. I I just don't I don't leave putts short. I I don't I don't believe in leaving putts short. Like like you said, I I hit all my putts to the hole or longer. I believe if I three putt coming back a couple times, I'm going to one putt way more often than I three putt. So that's great. So yeah, um, I actually think I said at least you gave it a chance the last time I played golf. Didn't lose any sleep over that. This one, I think I'm guilty of a little bit too much, but it's always meant in sincerity. Pretty good from there. Pretty good from there, which means someone put themselves in a bad spot and their recovery shot was average to above average. It wasn't great. It wasn't great, but they're back in play. They're back in the hole. Pretty good from there. Hey, pretty good from there. I have no problem with that. I think that's fine. Maybe I go to the well too much there. Again, these are statements of encouragement. Yeah, no problem. No problem with that. Okay. All right. No one's ever said this one better than being at the office. Come on. I said that a million times. Better than being at the office? Yes. Okay. Give me the scenario in which you say that. Um, so you take a sick day on a Wednesday and go play ball golf with your, with your buddy, shoot 97 and, uh, it's been a beautiful day. You had seven beers. Um, you didn't do a lick of work, had fun with a friend and it's better than being at the office. Sure. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to shoot 15 strokes lower, but it was better to be at the office. So that's the key. That's the key is you play bad, but yes, everything it's, else is good. Right. It keeps it in perspective. Like, are you going to get pissed off because you don't like your, your score playing golf on like <laughs> a golf. beautiful 73 degree day in the middle of whatever season it is? Or are you going to be like, oh, you know what? I'm playing golf. There could be so many other things I could be doing. Even if it's a Saturday, like I could be mowing the lawn. I could be scrubbing a toilet. I could be so many things, but I'm out here playing golf. So who really cares at the end of the day what you shot? You're just out there having fun. Mine mine is always, what a beautiful day. Gorgeous day, huh? I love love making a triple and walk up to the next tee. What a beautiful day we got here, boys, huh? Let's have ourselves a day. Okay. See, again, this one is fine. The next insufferable golf saying, that'll play. That'll play. No problem with that. 
Like if I hit, if I'm trying to hit a three iron in the fairway and I, I don't know, top it, but it still rolls 150 yards and someone says that'll play. I'll be like, you know what? You're right. I still have a five iron in. I'm in this hole. That'll play. Exactly. Exactly. I usually say it when you blast one way left or right and it hits a tree, <laughs> comes back into like the first cut of rough or the, or like the edge of the fairway. And you're like, Hey, it was a terrible shot, but you're actually that that'll actually play. That will play. This one's fine. No pictures in the scorecard. No pictures in the scorecard. That means, hey, a lot of weird shit happened out there, but the number at the end of it, the total number, turned out pretty good. Yeah. You might have might have missed an 18-inch birdie putt. Yeah. You made a par, and someone's going to look at your scorecard and say, hey, nice par on seven over there. That's right. I might know it's a bad 79, but you might think, wow, Joe shot 79. Let's go. It's pretty good. Yeah. No pictures in the scorecard. Now, this I'm really trying to stop doing, but I can't help myself. Just when the ball in the air yelling, sit, bite, cut. I do that all the time. I can't help myself. I'm just, you're, you're much better at this than me. You, you very rarely, in my experience, yell at the ball in the air. Yeah, I think, um, I, think I think it, you know, but never ask my ball to bite. I, I, I'm not known to, to like stick a green and suck it back. Uh, you know, so I'm not really suck back. <laughs> not really asking for that. Um, but I I encourage people to talk to their golf ball and, and say whatever you need to say to it. Well, that's why Jordan Spieth is beloved by millions because he's just yes. shouting at that thing for 18 holes. Mm-hmm. The the next one. All right, hit a house. <laughs> I always get a kick out of this one, even when it's my putt. And it's like rolling off the front of the green. Hit a house. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy hit a house. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good one. Uh, the next one here. I, I got to take, getting... take a pause on hit a house because I was okay, playing okay, with Ashley a couple years ago. And I th- she had heard you say it. I think she picked it up from you, honestly. Oh, really? And um, she didn't get the context of like it being a very fast putt. Just thought like when it, you want it to do something other than what it's doing. And I think I, I, don't, I, think I had hit a putt that was – woefully short i know i just proclaimed they don't hit putts short but i must have i must have hit one short and she knew that it was a bad putt and so she said hit a house she didn't know that hit a house meant slow down stop rolling she just thought it meant like that's what you say when you hit a bad putt ah that is such a good (laughs) unintentional needle you you leave it six feet short hey hit a house (laughs) great stuff um the last one is uh be right when you're hitting one in the air, you think it's going to be close. You just want to give it that little extra. Be right. Now, what I do when I hear someone say that for one of my shots, my instant response is always go in the hole. Go go in the hole. I don't want it to be close. Get in there for a deuce. <laughs> you get the chance to say be right once around, once aside. Like when when yeah. you hit the perfect shot, it's right on the line and in you just want the number to be right. That's that's it's a privilege to say be right. It's only insufferable if you come up like 20 yards short or 20 yards long. Like you have to know for a fact it is one of your top three best shots of the day. And if you do know that, by all means, be right. Yeah. The ultimate example of that, it's a video that's on, you know, golf Instagram all the time. But it's when Patrick Reed hits a shot. I think he's playing in Phoenix with Bubba. Patrick Reed hits a shot and he just goes, be the number, be the number. 
and it comes up like 30 yards short. And then Bubba's up next and he hits his shot. And in the air, he's like, be the number. <laughs> <laughs> and he's playing with Reed. It's it's pretty amazing. The announcers just die on the air. They can't help it. Just That's I have to check that I've never seen that. But the fact that Bubba Watson has the chance to not be the villain. Is oh, I know. Incredible. The hero. Now, the I was just going to say the impetus for this is if you're not following him on Instagram, Front Porch Dad makes the funniest videos of just being like golf guy and like all these little quippy little golf sayings super cut together. Follow Front Porch Dad on Instagram. He's incredible. You were going to say something, Nick? Well, what's what's the saying that's not on here that should? Because I saw this headline. I got one. First thing, the first thing I thought of as a lefty, you're standing oh. on the wrong side of the ball. No, I'm not, asshole. I'm left-handed, and I actually feel like I'm good enough to beat most people I play golf with now. That's been the case this year, and so get him. I, I can't wait for the next person to say that to me. Now, the one that's on here. Not on here. That should be. Maybe because it's not insufferable. When someone hits a good tee shot, that dog will hunt. Oh. Love that one. I love that dog will hunt. I used to hate it, but I've, 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 look, I'm staring 40. I can see it right there in front of me. It's right there. I'm really going to morph into saying more of these phrases. I found all of those to be completely sufferable. I don't think they're insufferable. Golf Digest yet again clickbait nonsense all right nick speaking of that dog will hunt this is british open week and one of the cool things about the venue st andrews the old course the home of golf i'm sure you've seen the videos everything leading up to it i certainly have that st andrews one day a week people just chilling out there with their dogs they're having picnic lunches on the 18th fairway they're just out there having a great time I was at the golf course last week. It was a bit of a drunky round. Independent golf course, not one of the city courses on the outskirts. You don't know talk about, right? A little bit of a different vibe, real good sandwiches, strong drinks, that kind of thing. We make the turn. Someone's about to tee off on one. It's a single. <clears throat> and who's his playing partner? But man's best friend. He had his doggy out there. And I said, damn it. I would love to play golf. With the dog. I would love it so much. Now, before you give your opinion, I think it's important for the at the turn patrons to know how much of an animal lover you and your wife are. You guys are animal crazy. You love them. Yeah, we love them. We have, we have two dogs. We have a cat. We have a child. Um, all the animals. All We got every animal, every species you can imagine. Um, no. I, I would not blanket statement. Yeah. It, well, okay. Not not quite blanket statement. If you are the superintendent of the golf course, you have a free pass to bring your dog whenever you want. Otherwise, if it is, if it is between the months of November and February at the University of Idaho Golf Course, and you want to go for a nice walk on the course with your dog, go right ahead. Other than that, no. First of all. If you're taking your dog to the golf course in Portland in the middle of the summer, how – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How was that even fun? Like when I go to the ale house and there's – you drink a beer on the porch and people bring their dogs, I'm like, 
don't you want to get away from your dog? Like <laughs> someone else is going to bring their dog. They're going to start barking. They're going to start going after each other. They're going to be begging for your food. Like why do you why do you want to bring that with you? Imagine trying to take care of a dog on a golf course while you're like 13 holes in have a good chance to shoot the best round of your life and you're like oh my god my dog's over there taking a dump and uh, i can't find out he's over there i'm over here what's going like why would you want to bring that into your otherwise happy day and i love animals but they have a, a place That's yes that is a little bit of an unexpected take would you have said this four years ago yeah I, okay. I would never – I've never – if I wanted to take a dog to a golf course, I would have done it. I, so I'm not I, I talking never... – I'm not talking to dad Nick. I'm just talking to Nick right now. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Okay. That's fair. This particular instance, the round that I played last Saturday, this course is 5,700 yards from the tips. It took me five and a half hours to play. So in that particular circumstance, that's why I wanted to embrace the dog because it's not going to slow me down if I got to chase her around for a little bit. That's probably all the better. Get me a little exercise. It's going to slow me down because I'm waiting on these drunk foursomes ahead of me anyway. By and large, I agree. There's too many dogs in too many places all the time. Like, you can't even go to Lowe's without a freaking like seven different dogs being in it. It's like, dude, you're you're buying like screws for your washing machine. Like just leave the dog at home. Yeah, this was a 30-minute errand. It probably took you 15 of those just to get the dog in the car and out of the car. Like, Seriously. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, wow, a little bit surprising. Um, well, Nick, you are not our Matt Golfer of the Week this week. Before we get to our picks, let's go ahead and get to our Matt Golfer of the Week. If you see a review of someone who's just so darn grumpy, you got to tell us about it, please let us know at the turnpod at gmail.com. It's brought to you by T-Box Coffee, a roast-to-order coffee brand in the heart of Southern California. Package for the golfer who can shoot 68, the golfer who shoots 112, and every score in between. Let T-Box Coffee fuel your morning rounds. Use promo code TURN15 at checkout. Now, Nick, this one is very special. I spent about an hour looking for a negative review of the venue for the 150th British Open, and uh, it may come as no surprise to you. I could find nothing less than a five-star rating. I could not find a Mad Golfer of the Week. So Brandon Webb is our Mad Golfer of the Week, but he's very happy. I'm going to read you. Oh, someone is really smoking weed outside. Holy cow. That came through the air conditioner. <laughs> that is unbelievable. I took a sniff and all of a sudden, good God, Bob Marley is in here with me doing this podcast. That's fine. Uh, so Brandon Webb, here's what he, have to, here's what he has to say. I can't imagine anyone will be coming to Golf Advisor and clicking on this page wondering if they should play the old course. So I wheeled out <laughs> rehash the course. Instead, I'll tell you about my experience and some things not to miss. First of all, if you want to play this course badly enough, you most certainly can with a bit of effort. I began playing our Scottish golf trip there more than a year in advance. Our two balls struck out on the advanced ballot, and we struck out twice in the 48-hour daily ballot. So we decided to line up at the pavilion the night before. We rented a flat a block and a half from the course, and all my research said that if you got along by 3 or 3.30 a.m., you would likely get out. My son walked down at 11 p.m. and there were two people in line. When we arrived at 3 a.m., we were number 22 and 23. I must say I was discouraged and considered leaving since we had only counted 12 blanks on the ballot for the following day. Now, I'm going to pause right there, Nick. 
let's say we're, we're at St. Andrews and we know this is the routine. We know that if we're there from midnight on, we're guaranteed a spot. That's what, what we do, you, right? What are you doing from, from 11 to 3? Like, you've gone presumably halfway around the world. Yes. But, like, your time between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. is too precious to get in line. So I didn't come to Scotland get... to fucking sleep. I came to play the old course. I want to see the ghost of Tom Morris floating around at night. We'll just Seriously, get a couple people. pints and chill. Yeah, it's an all-nighter, baby. All right, back to Brandon. We stuck it out. We had a great time talking with others in line. Even exactly. at that line. No, yeah. I got to pause you again. You had a great time. Of course you Everyone did. Everyone was there to have the time of their life. You're yes. not going to run into assholes. Everyone is chill. Everyone is happy. Everyone is having a memorable experience. Totally. Embrace it. If you are in line at 11 p.m. at the Oak Course of St. Andrews to tee off at sunup, you know how excited everyone is going to be the whole time? That in itself is probably an amazing experience. Okay, back to Brandon. Here we go. Everyone in that line is brimming with optimism, and it is fun learning their stories. No shit. When the staff arrived at 6 a.m., a starter gathered us, and he said he had some good news. They had several four balls cancel, and he had 24 spots to offer. We were related. We were even able to be paired together, making it that much more special. So if all other avenues fail, get in line the night before and early. Okay. I recommend sitting on the bench just behind the first tee and putty green before you tee off. Soak all of it in. Be Now this one, Nick, get ready for this. Be prepared to feel every eye in a one-mile radius on you as you put your tee in the ground on the first tee. Just borrow plenty of fairway left and get it airborne. This next one is troubling. Left, and I mean even way left, is fine on the old course. You can recover from even the next fairway over, but all of the trouble lies to the right. That, I'm going to shoot 115 on the old course. That's a problem for me. <laughs> Practice 50-yard putts. This will be the most useful tool in your arsenal. We're talking about 150-foot putts here. Like, oh, yeah. Boy, when you put it that way, it sounds a lot longer. <laughs> Where are you practicing 150-foot putts? St. Andrews, I guess, at 11 p.m. Let's get a flashlight out there. Like, after the high school football Great team point. cuts the field, stand at the 50-yard line and try to put them to the goal line. That's a great point, man. Post-round watering holes are hotly debated. My thought, it is best immediately post-round to go to the patio of the Jigger Inn so you can watch the other players do what you just did. Afterwards, move to the Dunvegan, which is unequivocally the best pub in town and perhaps the world. Walk the first and 18th holes as well as over to the 17th green at twilight. It is a surreal experience, especially before you play. That's the nicest mad golfer of the week we've had, Brandon Webb. I'm glad he got to play with his son. That sounds amazing. Let's line up now. Let's 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 line up right now. Honestly, um, that makes me want to play. It makes me want to go so bad um, and just block out 36 hours of your life and you're, you're there from 11 o'clock at night. You play the course. You you immediately just stay on the course the rest of the day. And and once they pull you off, you just go to the nearest pub and, and stay in those clothes. You don't change those clothes. You don't no. shower. You don't you don't leave the premises um, and just soak it all in. That sounds absolutely incredible. What a time! That is the Mad Golfer of the Week. It is now time for Nick Rules. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code Turn Twenty at checkout. 
theme song is still pending. Mm, what a surprise. We'll get it. Joe, I, I have to give credit where it is due. You tipped me off to this edition of Nick Rules, and uh, we're going to run with it. And I I, I found this uh, some research, and I was trying to put it into my own words, and I just couldn't do a better job than this um, CBC Sports article from July 22nd, 2001 did. So I'm going to read slash skim slash paraphrase. Please. Ian Woosnam nearly aced the opening hole on Sunday of the 2001 British Open only to discover an extra club in his bag that turned a tap-in birdie into a devastating bogey. It was not immediately clear how the former Masters champion wound up with 15 clubs in his bag. Once he realized the mistake, he was given a two-stroke penalty. He took a wood out of his bag and threw it across the tee in disgust. The penalty was assessed by John Paramore, chief referee of the European Tour. Players with more than 14 clubs in their bag are penalized. Two strokes per hole with a maximum penalty of four strokes in the round. Quote, I think it was a fairway wood that Ian found in the bag on the second tee, but I don't know the circumstances of how it wasn't taken out before he teed off. Paramore said, uh, Paramore went on to say later on, Ian got to the first tee only 30 seconds before he was due to start. No, this is somebody else. This is Hugh Campbell. I'm sorry. This is Hugh Campbell, Mm -hmm. chairman of the championship committee. Some players like to leave it that late rather than hanging around there. But it meant there wasn't time for the usual conversation between the official and either the player or his caddy. Usually you ask them to check the number of clubs in their bag just in case an extra one has been put in there by somebody by mistake. Most times they look at you as if you're a congenital idiot for asking. <laughs> it obviously would have helped Ian on that occasion, though. And I can attest all the golf tournaments I've been sitting on the first tee for. The starter says, check your clubs for 15. Make sure you have 14 clubs in your bag. People are like, I'm a freaking golf professional. I know how to count to 14. I know the rule. Why is this the thing you're reminding me of? But every once in a while, you run into a situation like this. Um he was in contention. Um, let's see. The birdie putt from just six inches would have put him in a tie for the lead. Um, moments later, he was at 500 and tie for six after he yeah. took that penalty. The postscript to that. And the reason I brought this to your attention is because I somehow I remembered it happening. Um, this is 2001, right? 2001. So we're talking about 21 years ago. This, Trivia this question. Memory, this memory is old enough to drink a beer. Oh my God, that's right. Yeah, this is this is David Duvall's lone major win, so it's probably for the best that Woosen didn't get it done. Um, I remember seeing it live, being like, "There's no way this caddy is not going to get fired," and he did get fired the next day. This this caddy did not keep his job. You've been out there in these tournaments, Nick. Is the caddy the blame here? Ultimately, I mean, yes and no. Um. At the end of the day, it's the player's, player's responsibility. You know, the caddy is kind of the keeper of the clubs. So they should both know. It's kind of like a double a double fail-safe check process. Yeah. You know, you should both you should both know. The player can't just say it's just the caddy's fault because ultimately they should know. Uh, it kind of depends on how it got put in there too. If If – the caddy brings the club to the range and says, "Hey, test this out, and we'll pull whichever one." And then doesn't pull it. Sure, but again, if you're if you're showing up to the tee 
30 seconds before your tea time and and the starter doesn't have time to go through the procedures and the local rules or whatever it is, that's on you. And whatever led to that decision, whether you, that's just your style or you, you were trying to work something on the range, whatever it is, that's that's on you. So I'm not a fan of placing the blame elsewhere. All credit to Ian Woosnam. Still finished T3. So pretty damn impressive to come back and still post a top three finish in uh, the British Open. But yeah, that one's tough. All right. That is Nick Rules. Nick. I don't want to celebrate too much because Emmett Smith is my favorite football player. And when Emmett scored a touchdown, he just handed it to the official. And I kind of want to do that with our streak of picking major champions right now. Um, we're going for three in a row. We're going for the Turkey. I am going to take Dave McAdams, our guest picking Matt Fitzpatrick winning the country club. That's our win. Yeah, for sure. Credit to the pod. Okay. Do you want to start with your dark horse for the 150th British open championship played at the home of golf, St. Andrews? I will. Uh, my dark horse has won the British Open before. Ooh. And has- <laughs> <laughs> he's doing it again. Good for you. I didn't know if you were going to do this. Good for you. He's at 41 to 1, number 943 in the world. <laughs> well rested. Tiger Woods. Yes. Yes. I want to get a super cut of you picking Tiger in all the majors this year. Are you betting against him? Because I'm not. No. <laughs> Give him bulletin board material before the you tournament? Could, you could make the case this is the tournament he wants to win the most. He announced it the second the Masters was over. He has the best chance, I think, on this course. It's flat. Yeah. We've seen him decline so much late in tournaments. Also, he's had three more months to heal, to rehab, to strengthen his body than he did when we saw him at the Masters. It sets up to him. He can he can mastermind his way around the course. He doesn't have to overpower it. Forty-one to one, Joe. Come on, that's worth a little. That's worth a little bit. It's worth a taste. Wet the beak a little bit there. Sure, I think. Conventional wisdom says this is the one Tiger has the best shot in because it is so flat. He's won there twice. He's won the British Open there twice, so that's pretty good. To me, just with the eyeball test, I don't know if the stats bear this out, but I watched him play a lot of the PGA and a lot of the Masters, even even the Saturday and Sunday rounds. The weakness in his game, to me, was never the long game. I thought his driver looked great. He was hitting the ball in play. It was around the greens, man. He did not look comfortable. And it's St. Andrews, that's the key, is the short game. So I think two things. If Tiger makes putts on Thursday and Friday, I think he's going to be in the hunt all weekend. I think if he can get that confidence going into the weekend, he'll have an opportunity to, I'll say contend, top 20, top 10. And the draw, who knows what the weather's going to be like. If he gets the good end of the draw, then I think there's a chance he contends too. So I hope those two things bear out. Um, I'm just, 
Look, it's going to be fun to see Tiger hit two irons at, this, at St. Andrews. Regardless of what happens, that's going to be sure. cool as shit. So sure. I love it. And thank you once again for being for making sure that this podcast has Tiger Woods because how horrible would it be if Tiger won a major <laughs> and we didn't say his name? That won't happen. My dark horse is an Irishman. Now, when you hear this guy's name, you would think he is covered in freckles and has long red hair and maybe is even in a leprechaun's outfit because this is the most Irish name I could possibly imagine for a pro golfer. He finished T9 at the PGA, T12 at the U.S. Open, made the cut at the Masters, didn't have a high finish. Love his form, love his name. At 65 to 1, my dark horse is Seamus Power. Did you just Google Seamus Power? No, I did not. Oh, well, if you look at a picture of Seamus Power, he does not look like, I mean, this guy is like a tall, blonde dude. Like, I think Irishman, I think Shane, like Shane Lowry looks like he's Irish. You know what I mean? Yes. Seamus Power looks like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. It's very disorienting, but he's in good form. And that's my dark horse. Nick, you're a contender. I do have a contender. Um, And it's kind of boring, but it may surprise you. He is number 17 in the world. Two-time major champion at 27 to 1. It's Dustin Johnson. Oh, it is, and I feel oh. like I feel like Dustin's going to be like, oh, so uh, I have to win the British Open to like make sure I can play in more majors. <laughs> like, yeah, Dustin, if you want to be absolutely sure you can play in all the majors for the next five years, you got you got to win, and the British is the last one this year, um, and so. Uh, I thought the PGA was the last one. No, Dustin, they they changed that like three years ago. Uh, this is your last chance. And if you win one, you're good for like five years, no matter what Jay Monahan does. And I, I think there's a chance that that motivates him. He just goes out and gets it done. I also think there's a chance he misses the cut and, and shoots a million and, and doesn't care. But hey, as a contender at 27 to 1, Dustin Johnson yeah. at 27 to 1 in yeah. a major? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a really good number for for Dustin Johnson, who has become sort of this random player where like, yeah, he could miss the cut and we'll see him hit two shots and you'll see him like, I could just see like Mike Tirico now being like, and here's the 2020 Masters champion plus eight for the tournament. Or it's like <laughs> Dustin Johnson shoots 62 of the first. Like I could wake up on Thursday morning and Dustin Johnson has a five shot lead. Neither of those outcomes would be surprising. And that's why the 20, I love that. I God, I didn't see him with that number. That's a great picnic. Yeah. Thank you. All right. This one, this one is boring. Boy, if you thought your contender was boring, <clears throat> this one is boring. He's, he's the hot hand. Now, Sahith Thagala had a little bit to do with him being a hot hand. But he won in Hartford. You saw him up close recently. T2 at the 2018 British Open at Carnoustie. Eight top 10 finishes in his last 15 major starts. <sighs> one of us has to pick him. Xander Schauffele, 22 to 1. I got him. Uh, look, he's going to do it, right? Yeah, I mean. Maybe not this tournament, mm-hmm. but he'll, you know, I know. That's the face yeah. I'm making, too. I wish you could see Nick's face. It's like, eh, yeah. I mean, it's a good pick, but is it? I don't know. You, you are citing the 2018 British Open, which which is 
That's an eternity ago now. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, he certainly could do it. He certainly could. <laughs> no, nobody I, would be surprised. Well, I'd be. Uh, I'd be a little bit surprised. A little bit. Sure. Sure. Who's your um, winner? Pick Tiger Woods again as your winner. <laughs> that would be awesome. I, I'm not doing that. I'm okay. picking um, another boring pick. But I'm picking him because I think he's probably going to win. This guy has six top eight finishes in majors since the 2020 U.S. Open. That's a lot. Wait, what did you just say? Six top eight finishes in majors since the 2020 U.S. Open. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who do you think it is? Will Zalatoris. That's who it is. No, no. (laughs) What did you see? He's finished second in two majors this year. (laughs) Oh, Willie Z. If there's someone who knows how to navigate (laughs) link style golf courses, it's Willie Z. Oh, man. I love it. I thought you were going to pick Colin Morikawa, actually. I kind of want to change my pick to him, but I'm not, I'm not going to. You just assumed I would pick him and you wanted to make sure he was covered, so you didn't bother. <laughs> kind of. I thought yeah. when you when you had that stat, that, that was maybe the guy. Um, okay, look. This is not as good of a pick <clears throat> now as it was about, I don't know, six holes into the second round of the Travelers Championship. This looked like the lock of the century. And then by the end of the round, I'm like, oh my God, we got to get this guy like off the golf course and like to a team of psychologists. I'm still picking him. The value is garbage. Don't but don't put money on this guy. There's no value to do it. My reasoning, it's time. Roars, baby. I'm picking Rory McIlroy to win the British Open at St. Andrews. I love that pick. I do. It is time. It is time. Rory has a fire under him that he hasn't had in years. Yes. He's playing differently than he has before. I do feel like he's kind of falling into his own habit of trying to win the tournament with every shot. Right. He doesn't need to do that. You can make mistakes, just play your game, just be Rory. But he's got an extra motivation and he's got more talent than any golfer on the planet. So uh, figure it out, put it together and get it done. Said it before, I'll say it again. When everyone's at their best, Rory's the best. Is he going to be at his best to St. Andrews? We'll find out. Once again, if you want to let us know your pick for the British Open, Apple Podcasts, go to the At The Turn page. You're there right now. Rate the podcast five stars. Leave us a review with your British Open winner. If you're right, Piper Golf is going to send you a sampler pack of the beautiful golf balls. If you can't wait, use promo code TURN10 at checkout at Golf. Nick, do you wake up early to see the coverage? I have, yeah. Um, yeah, I when I have the chance to do it, I was living in Hawaii one year. Oh, yeah. And I, for, I, I feel like I woke up at like 2.30 in the morning, the, the Phil year, the, the year he was in the final group on oh. Sunday. And that was an epic battle, uh, watching the whole thing go down. And I think on like the 71st hole, like Ashley was just waking up. It was It was awesome. Yeah, they do a cool thing now where they broadcast like the very first shot of the tournament. And because I'm on the West Coast, it's usually like around 10.47 p.m. So you can see the first players go off. The ultimate one was a couple years ago. Darren Clark was the first player to strike a shot. And they're like zooming in on him. Mind you, 
It's like 540, 5.47 a.m. on a Thursday of a major championship. And Tara Clark is just ripping heaters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so great. That's Love your 2011 it. British Open champion right there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back very, very soon. Have fun watching the Open Championship. Thank you.